0: Time MotoGP champion Mark Marquez is on his way to a circuit this week to ride a MotoGP bike for the first time since July last year. Following his huge crash at the opening round of the 2020 season, he's looking to finish a race for the first time since November 2019. It's bizarre to think of the 28 year old making a comeback, but that's just it. GP has moved on a great deal since we last saw him on a podium. So that's the overriding question following the three operations that he has had to his right arm. Will he be able to ride fast and will he be the same old Marc Marquez? Toby Moody, Valentin Harunchi and Simon Patterson here to discuss... Let's just bring people up to speed, shall we, with the latest that we know. It wasn't a very big press release that we got from uh, from Honda and Repsol and all the others associated with Mark. But he's been given the OK. He's had his operations. Is that about it, Simon? Uh, Mark posted a one sentence social media
1: post and we learned more from it than we did from the HRC press release. Which kind of says a lot about the amount of information that they gave us. Um, from what we understand, we know that Mark has been going through a process. We know that he's been uh, regular monthly doctors checkups on the the level of growth in the bone back in his arm. We know that he had one of those in mid March, and they said, "No, you're not. You're fit to train, but you're not fit to ride a MotoGP bike again." Which is why we didn't see him at the opening two rounds in Qatar. He had another one last week and they said, yeah, your arm has healed, you know, go ride a bike again, go race again, which is good news. It brings to the end a very, very long saga of injury and rehabilitation and recovery. And, uh, you know, it's, it's got to be a huge
0: amount of relief for the guy. Val, it's taken him, as Simon says, a long time to return to the Repsol Honda garage. How do you view that MotoGP has changed. You you go first. Uh, to be fair, I think we'll only know
2: how it's changed when he's once he's really back. I mean, certain there are certain obvious ways that he's changed. That everybody from second has moved up. Everybody's gained a place in the in the grid. Basically, I'm not entirely sure. I'm convinced by the thesis that MotoGP has changed in any meaningful way, apart from the the sole fact that the champion was no longer there. That everybody was somehow made better by his absence I just I don't really understand how that mechanism would work yeah there's a lot more people who have tasted the champagne that would otherwise have not done it but I don't know I mean I guess we'll 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 only find out this will be our big litmus test when he finally comes back and rides the bike again is whether the guys who have made progress the guys who have gotten better whether they've really gotten better relative to him as opposed to relative to to the other guys in 2019, he was obviously on an on an entirely different level to everybody else. In the first race of 2020, he was on an entirely different level to everybody else. So, honestly, we'll only we'll only really know probably a few races into this comeback. Even not so much Port Mark, because in Port Now he still shouldn't be 100 percent race fit. But you never know. But yeah, I think I think we don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you how the MotoGP grid has changed relative to Mark because.
0: We'll, we'll just find out right now. How do how do we look at it? I mean, lots of people have asked me how do you think Marquez is going to get along uh, this first Grand Prix weekend. Uh, I don't know. Nobody knows. Maybe except him himself. He he's obviously mentally hugely confident. We've seen that the way he rides a bike, that's in his DNA. He's just twenty eight years old, as I've mentioned a moment ago. Uh, he's paid a huge amount of money. He does. He has everything done for him. He's still on the crest of a wave as a as an eight-time Grand Prix world champion and a six-time MotoGP world champion. So, yeah, he'll he'll have his confidence. Um, it's probably just as it's probably just as well the press aren't allowed in pit lane on a Friday morning because I don't think he'll be able to get out. There'll be so many people in the old days, thronging around the front of that number 93 garage. But there's two things that we've got to look at here. One is a comeback from injury, and another one is a comeback from retirement. So I've pulled together a couple of things. Sporting comebacks. Now, you can look at somebody like Michael Schumacher. He went away for three seasons, and then he raced for another three seasons at Mercedes, but he only had one podium during those last three seasons with with his, with Mercedes with a comeback. Tiger Woods. Now he had an injury. He had back surgery in 2015, and then he recovered in 2019 to win the Masters. Uh, Muhammad Ali. He missed five years at the top level, and then when he got back fighting again, it was three years. Until he then won the rumble in the jungle with Joe Foreman. Herman Meyer nearly lost his leg; they nearly amputated the skier's leg in 2001, but he fought back to a World Cup title and World Championship victories. Um, we can also look at somebody like Ian Botham, but he was put in on the on in, into the uh, into the dressing room because of a misdemeanour. But his first ball back, he took a wicket. That was pretty cool. But that's a slightly different kind of. Uh, comparison, I should say. And the final one I've got, and I don't know if you've got any, is Nicky Laudo, won the World Championship in Formula 1 75-77, retired at the end of 79, two years out, came back in 82, won the Championship in 84, and did one more year after that. So there's a bit of a spread of five different names. But I think what we're talking about here, guys, is a, is a comeback from injury a la Hermann Meyer rather than the others who psychologically said, no, I'm stopping, went home, got bored, came back. Mark's never
2: bored. Well, uh, to, to add another one to that that list of comebacks, obviously, I don't need to have the exact timeline at hand, but Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls in basketball, so he won three NBA rings, went to play baseball for a bit, said, oh, I'm actually bad at this, returned to basketball, won another three rings. Um, so... Some of those comparisons apply more to Marquez. Some of them apply less. Certainly, I think the Michael Schumacher one doesn't apply massively because Schumacher was, what, 10 years older than Marquez is now. And because, obviously, the Mercedes he came back to was not as competitive as the Ferrari he left. Um, and he wasn't, like, he wasn't like desperately off-team. A bit like the Honda
0: at the moment, then.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Again, the Marquez Honda and the other Hondas are... The 2019 Honda, if you look at the non-Marquez riders, was garbage. If you look at Marquez, though, it's the, the greatest bike ever made. Um, uh, but yeah, no, the, what I'd
1: argue Mark Marquez has never had a great Honda.
2: Yeah. You could say well, 2014 early, early first half of the,
1: yeah, yeah. maybe. But
2: I, I like that you mentioned the people not being allowed in the pit lane on Friday. Cause I know for a fact that when, when he, sh- when he talks to the journalists on zoom on Friday, which I presume he will do, um, the, the room is going to hit it's a hundred person limit pretty quickly there's going to be some people very mad at not not making it in uh, but yeah i don't know i mean the, the injury thing i think simon will have more to say on that because he's looked into the the actual motogp history of coming back from injuries but ultimately i think looking at his comeback specifically there's a few factors that we can we can specifically outline he won't have recent experience on a motogp bike but he'll have recent experience on a on a bike and this this comeback which is important he won't be sprung on him, it will be something that he's anticipated and he's been preparing to as much as he can without being on a on a MotoGP bike. I know there's no like MotoGP simulator that you can use to fully get yourself up to speed, but he's at least he's ready and he's going to be as fit as he's re- reasonably possible because he's expecting to be back. So you could point to last year's you know whole situation with uh, Jorge Lorenzo and Yamaha and the fact that he they basically felt that he wasn't entirely in the right fitness to to be in the test rider role to which he'll reply that he, he wasn't really expecting much of a program because of COVID that he wasn't in his peak fitness. If I remember that was the case. And the difference there is Marquez is completely expecting a proper program and a proper season. So he'll be preparing as much, as much as he can. So I think that's important.
1: I will say one thing about the, uh, the zoom debrief on Friday, Val, without demeaning any of our colleagues too much about you, someone still asks him about tires. Um, the the injury, I think he um, he he wouldn't be coming back if he didn't believe that he was fit now. He the last time we spoke to him, in fact, the only time we've spoken to him since the accident was at uh, the team launch back in February, and he had a very at least what he was saying there sounded like a very different attitude in terms of this needs to be done right. This we have to pay attention to what the doctors say. We have to wait, we have to do it correctly. Um, and and my, my feeling is the fact that he, the fact that they gave him permission to just train and he didn't go and race says a lot. And the fact that he now feels like he is able to race says a lot as well. Obviously he has had a run out on a MotoGP-esque bike because he rode the RCV213VS, the production version. We never got lap times. We don't know what speed he was doing. But he will know how he felt. He will know how, how that, you know, how that helped him measure up. So yeah, I, I think he. I think he's he's confident in himself that this is the right time to come back. Um, the one thing I will say though, just to pick up on your earlier point, Val, I do think there has been a bit of a change in MotoGP since he left. Um, and the way of measuring that isn't necessarily where he left. Where, where, what has changed because of his absence? It's what's changed behind him. Because we've got this whole crop of guys now who weren't regular podium contenders. You know, whenever he left, the guys that were in the podium every week were Vignales, they were Davizioso, they were Petrucci, they were Rossi to an extent. Now it's Quattararo, it's Mir, it's Rins, it's Morbidelli. And, and that for me shows that something has changed because there's the, been this sort of changing of the guard while he hasn't been there. What we don't know is how he's going to stack up against that change in the guard, because he's you know we have no idea. Maybe he's going to come back and it's going to turn out that he is still faster than all of them. But we we just don't know that right now, do
2: we? Well, arguably, he is closer to the to the new guard than to the older guard in terms of age. I mean, still twenty eight, as yeah. you said, it's absolutely ridiculously young
1: uh, for a, for a man who's accomplished as much as he has. But then he's racing against people who are twenty one years old. You know, the world champions twenty two. Yeah. 23, 22, something like that. So, yeah. Um, but but the other thing that I want to just throw in there as well, though, that um, a lot of people have mentioned in social media to me the last few weeks. Um, I don't think this injury is going to slow him down psychologically the way a lot of people think. I don't think he's going to come back and immediately be fast, but I think that that's because it's going to take him a bit of time to get back to speed, not because his head's going to be wrong. Um, essentially the arm is healed now. This isn't the sort of injury where if he crashes again, it's going to do more damage and he's going to go back to square one or it's going to be even worse or anything like that. It's not a spinal injury, it's not nerve damage, it's nothing like that. In fact, arguably it's not even as bad as the last serious injury he had whenever he had uh, head trauma in his motor two days and practically went blind. Um, It's not, you know, it's, it's a bone it's a straight piece of bone. It's a strong piece of bone when it's healed. And the only reason it went wrong is because he jumped the motor GP bike before it was healed. So I think that's one thing we can categorically draw a line through. I think uh, the,
2: the press release said specifically that he can return to competition assuming the reasonable risk implicit in a sporting activity, which to me reads basically like he can crash again and he can crash again and be more or less as fine as he would be normally. Which is obviously important. I don't think it'll. I agree with you that I don't think there'll be a psychological impact because it's it's Mark and he's crashing a variety of different ways and it's never really acted to slow him down much. So I think that'll be also the case. As for fitness, again, the the, the part that that we've mentioned is that he's again he's not ridden a MotoGP bike, but because of how careful they've been about this comeback, he's had so much time to prepare himself obviously the real thing is the real thing but also marquez is the most adaptable rider in recent MotoGP history so i'm i'd say the odds are pretty pretty good in his favor on that on that sort of aspect
0: and we do have to remind ourselves on the winning margin that mark marquez had last time out in the 2019 championship thanks val for reminding us all that he won the championship by 151 points that's six clear race victories worth of points so that matters little does it that at the moment Johan Zarko leads the championship uh, with the 40 points that he scored so far long way to go I know I mean let's look at it another way let's look at he comes back, he gets a podium because he's not riding to 100% mark, but he's riding to 99% mark. And there's everything is all in hand for him. Everything is all up to speed. He's fit, he's healthy. And most importantly, he hasn't gone off and he hasn't thrown away another race and he hasn't risked another injury. Could he do it? I mean, that's a everything is a scenario. He could ride three laps and go, I can't do this. He could win the championship. He could win the race. I mean... There's 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 the chance, strong chance, big possibility that there's going to be a fairy tale in the next two or three races, isn't there?
2: Uh, I'd say there's a there's a good one. I can't Portimao hard because last last time we were to Portimao, Honda was pretty good, but it wasn't like it wasn't transcendental. It wasn't Miguel Oliveira's KTM. So we'd probably expect if we we're expecting him to be on a, around the level of the other Honda mortals, if you will, then a podium is probably not on the cards. But it's hard to say. It just it it all. I think we'll really know whether a podium's on the cards uh, in FP one, FP two. We'll see how how he's feeling on the bike, whether his lap times are dropping off. Thing is, though, I think a fairy tale is on the cards in one of the upcoming tracks. I think he, they go to Jerez after Portimao, uh, given by the... So the last time we went to Jerez, obviously, that first race of the 2020 doubleheader, Mark, uh, led. He went off. He rejoined in something like 18th, 19th. He was nine seconds down on the leader. And by the end of it, he was back into second, like three seconds down on the leader or something like that. So he, he absolutely went through the pack like like a knife through butter, basically. Then he crashed. But it, it suggested that the baseline performance was there, was 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 much higher then basically the rest of the field. So if he brings anywhere near that to this Jerez, then uh, then he might very well win. If not there, then there's you know Leman is good, and if you know if not there, then sooner or later we're supposed to get to the Saxon Ring, which is basically always twenty five in Mark's column. We don't even have to run that race, I think. So yeah, I think
0: the fairy tale will come pretty soon. I suspect. I believe he'll be a title contender because they don't just forget how to ride. Uh, he had so much in hand. Never mind the points table, never mind the 151 points victory margin that he had in 2019. You could see the way that he rode the bike. He, w- he played with it. It was a cat with a ball of wool kind of thing between its paws. Uh, he is on that stoner level of just being so much ahead of the bike, so far ahead of the bike. He needs to come down half a notch. He'll still be ahead a full notch. Maybe he's level, and maybe he'll outfox them. Will people – this is another thing we've got to look at. What about the other people in the paddock? Are they like, oh, no, we've had our fun for a season. Now it's back to work. Who has got the mental strength to go, stuff you, I am going to beat you? That's another question, isn't it, Simon? I, I think he will be a title contender but
1: I don't think he's going to do it with four races in hand and with never finishing worse than second. Um, That that would be my, you know, he's he's going to come back. He's going to be fast, but he's not going to dominate. He's not, it's not going to be a 2019 championship. It's not going to be a 2014 championship because there are guys that I do believe right now who are capable of beating a fully fit Marc Marquez because of what we've seen over the last year, really, without him. And, he, yeah, he he will be a title contender, like Val says, but it won't be as easy as it has been.
0: No way will it be as easy as it has been. He is in the midst of a huge four-year deal with HRC, reportedly adding up over those four years to, I don't know, 100 million euros. Who knows, except himself, his lawyer, and his bank manager. Um, so there's still 2.9 seasons to go with, with HRC as it follows. So there's still a lot of work to do with HRC, and there's still a lot of work to do quickly. If we think that the bike is not at the level that it should be, was, but we've touched on that already in this podcast – well, look at where the second Honda was when he was winning in 2019. I am completely convinced that that is not an issue at all. Uh,
1: Every one of this group of young guns are raring to get Marc Marquez back in the grid so that they can prove to the world that they can beat him. There is not one rider in the world worried about seeing him come back because you can't. That's not how riders think. That's just not how the brain is programmed for these guys. They are super competitive. They all believe they're the best in the world and they all want to show that against the people that they believe are their equals and Mark is, is obviously their equal. Um, there, yeah, there, there has to be a little bit of apprehension surely, but I'd imagine that the main mood in the paddock this weekend is more curiosity than anything else.
2: I'd say yes. I'd say I I'm a, I'm, a, I'm in a strong yes column because also I think those I think the question of his title contention isn't how many points he gave up in Qatar because he really didn't give up that much relative to the to length of the season. The question is just how race fit he is. That's that's really the the, the only thing that'll determine it. If he's anywhere near twenty nineteen level, then he's a he's a title contender one hundred percent. We're like absolutely absolutely we can bet our houses on it. I think, but if he's not, he's not. But I think, I think right now if. I don't know what odds what the, the bookies are taking or whatever, but if I were a bookie, I'd, I'd still consider him even one of the favorites, I'd say. If not the favorite, just on past knowledge.
1: One of the things I'm actually most curious to hear on Friday is what Mark thinks in the bike. I'm curious as to how the, the bike has changed with the full season of him not being there to lead development. Because my gut feeling is that it's actually going to make a better bike. Um, we we've seen this before with these these guys who are just supremely talented. Normally at Honda, you've got Casey before, and you've got, you know, people like this, where it doesn't matter how good or how bad the bike is, because they're so talented they can just ride around all the problems. Um Honda haven't had that for a year. They've had to have people like, well, mainly Tekken Kagami leading development, who is a good rider, but he's not Mark Marquez level. But it could well be that the bike has become a little bit easier. You know, we have seen sort of hints of this before at Honda, because there was a point where when Cal Crutchlow became more important within the HRC camp in terms of development, and Mark admitted that whenever Cal was allowed to have some input, the bike got easier to ride. So that could be the biggest worry that what we're actually going to see is a Mark Marquez who isn't hundred percent, but he's on a Honda that is twice as easy to write as the one that he left and the sum total is that we're going to be back to square one in terms of him dominating
2: for what it's worth i to be fair i think there were there were questions over whether whether he liked it being harder to write whether it helped him extract more out of it while being closer to the razor's edge although i think for what it's worth mark has always denied it mark was always like no nah, if you can make it easier i'm game please do but it it never sounded like a big priority. I think certainly Cal made it clear that it, it would never appeared to be Mark's priority when he was getting the results that he was getting. But if I if I remember correctly, the start of the 2020 season. So I think he, they were. He was certainly not thrilled with where the bike was at during the 2020 preseason. And then something clicked towards the end of the, the preseason. He showed up in Jerez, and obviously he was he was the quickest guy out there. But it you know it threw him off and it injured him. Uh, I think since then the bike has improved. Whether he has improved to Marcus's liking, I think is a is a tougher question.
0: Uh, threw himself off, not the bike threw him off. Threw himself off because he was a bit of a loon. But that's just my opinion. Sorry, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> the the
1: thing that The thing that changed in the bike actually was Cal Crutchlow input. Let's not forget uh, they used they brought that new twenty twenty Aero package that Cal hated from the first moment he rode it at uh valencia at the end of 2019 they struggled all winter test and and eventually in the last day of qatar the final test they decided to go with what cal had said went back to the 2019 era and suddenly mark was fast again
0: so who knows except mark marquez how this weekend's portuguese grand prix this 2021 season is going to pan out uh for mark marquez it's certainly going to be fun um Make sure you're near your computer or your Twitter or whatever you may look at on Friday morning to see how Mark Marquez gets on at Porto Maio. Uh, Val, Simon, uh, Matt Beer and all the crew at the-race.com will be keeping you up to speed. Let's see how the Grand Prix goes. Don't forget, Joan Zarco continues to lead the World Championship. Yes, you did hear that right after what happened a couple of years ago. We look forward in the meantime to Portugal. Thank you very much for listening. Do like and subscribe. We'll speak to you after the race. Goodbye for now.